Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today, we are looking at Numbers 28 to 30, and it will feel like deja vu a little bit. It looks like we're going to review a lot of uh, sacrifices and holidays and vows, which we've done many times. Uh, so Jenny, what are your thoughts today looking over this stuff? Well, I had the joy of reading chapter 29, which is literally just repeating itself over and over again with the requirements of the different days of the Feast of Booths, which to me, yes, was super redundant. But when we ended the reading right before we started talking about this, I had expressed to Ryan how it's just like, oh my gosh, how many times do we have to listen to the same thing over and over? But... He made a really good point that yesterday's episode, we talked about taking... I believe it was yesterday's episode, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, They need to take another census because this new generation of Israelites is coming, coming up and they are beginning to enter the promised land. Like, they're getting ready to go to this place that was promised to them. They need to know, um, kind of like the the rules of how you make sacrifices and when you make them and how many of certain animals and the repetition is necessary for this next group of people who are carrying out those same requirements that God has told to Moses and their previous generations. So it makes sense, but as the the reader, it can be a little bit like, oh my gosh, how are we back at this again? <laughs> Perhaps as the listener, it might feel that way as well. Um, you will see this, this feels very much like a repeat of Leviticus 23 to 26. Um, there is some things at the tail end of Exodus that feel like it's a repeat. And there are some things that we're going to find in De- Deuteronomy that feel Reminds like a repeat. Reminds me of like those stories like that we read to the kids, like the yeah. wonky donkey or like green eggs and ham, where it's like you get one sentence of the story and then you repeat that same sentence with some ridiculous new sentence over and over and over again. until you have like a massive paragraph of the same thing. But while the, the rules are the same, the audience is now different. Correct. And the audience has been different yes. every time. Um, one thing you'll notice in the sacrificial system, and you actually, I think made a note of this, this is a lot of dead animals and a lot of flour and a yeah, lot of wood. Yeah, before we started reading, I noticed like the footnotes of our Bible talks about how how wealthy would the Israelite people have to be in order to make. And here are the actual numbers for this feast specifically. Well, for the feasts and the specific offerings that they have to make throughout the year, they would have needed 113 bulls, 1,086 lambs, more than a ton of flour and 1,000 bottles of oil and wine. So that might not seem like a huge number to us today, but then that's an know. incredible amount of sacrificing. Like, I mean, you think of farmers with their their herds of, you know, thousands of animals. A thousand bottles of oils and, wait, sorry, a thousand bottles of wine still feels like a lot to me. I mean, it's a lot, <laughs> but... These are, in my perspective then, it was like these were things that were not just sitting around on the shelves for years. These were things that they had to have ready yeah. in order to sacrifice. Mind you, those without blemish as well. So it's just, it's it's pretty significant what the Lord had to have provided for them in order for this to be even possible. So remember too that there are, um, we're, we're assuming 
uh, what did we say, like around 2 million people. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of give or take, obviously. Um, probably a lot in either direction, but there's a lot of people. Um, this is, in some ways, showing them that they are going to be wildly successful in the new land that they're coming into, that it's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey, and it's going to have a lot of what they need for these sacrifices. Also, you might notice the Sabbath requ- requires a double sacrifice. Um, just again, we've talked about the importance of Sabbath before, mm-hmm. um, but God is making sure that in their weekly rhythms, in their monthly rhythms, in their yearly rhythms, that there is time for special sacrifice to um, like bring home the importance of the Sabbath. Sabbath is like a big deal too. Like, no work at all. Yep. So, actually, what did that look like then? Because in my mind, the Levites, their work was the temple work. Or, the excuse me, the tabernacle work at this point. What? Why are they not excused? They're set aside as serving the Lord. Hmm. So, it's, like, totally different for them. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, then we get into this passage about vows. Jenny, I'd love to hear your take on these vows. Um, one, <laughs> one of the things Jenny mentioned is that if you actually look at it in I your Bible. I can speak for myself. <laughs> No, you can't. That's what it says. (laughs) (laughs) We did not plan that either. Uh, So chapter 30 is very short. Of the 16 verses that it consists of, two of those verses talks about men and the requirements for them when they make vows to the Lord. And the next 14 verses are set aside for the requirements of women and when they take their vows there's a lot more uh there's a lot more rules a lot more at stake when they when they make their vows it affects or impacts it seems like more direct people in here i mean it, when men take vows too that affects a lot of people as well but so let's take like a thirty thousand foot view here first like a vow is serious period mm-hmm. like if you make a vow it should not be foolish and it should be taken seriously and you should intend on following through on that vow. Um, second thing, men and women have the opportunity to make vows. It's like uh, we talked in the past about the Nazarite vow and how men and women both equally have the opportunity to do that, uh, which is unique in ancient cultures and unique before the Lord. Um, but then obviously as you get into the nitty gritty here, the way that men make vows and the way that men like follow up on their vows is very different than how women's vows are are taken. So when I was thinking about what are vows, basically what we came kind of came up with then from this part is that you just need to stay true to your word. Like if you are making a vow or if you are committing to something, you need to stick to what you say. And we actually found some evidences of how this can shake out pretty badly. I think it's it's probably pretty easy to understand why it could shake out pretty pretty badly but there are instances in the bible specifically what do we say in deuteronomy and yeah i believe it's ecclesiastes we found some instances of taking vows and how it can be foolish actually how it is completely foolish if you say what you're going to do but then turn around and not do it anyway it's better for you just to not say anything at all or to not make a vow at all i believe that's the ecclesiastes take on it Uh, So the way vows are discussed here, um, basically in numbers, it's like, hey, take this seriously. Don't make a vow you don't intend on following up on. In Deuteronomy, there's a little bit of wiggle room in that Deuteronomy is going to say that it's not a sin if you don't fulfill a vow, but you really shouldn't do it. Ecclesiastes is going to say 
uh, it's better not to make a vow than to make one and not intend to fill it. And then in Judges, we're going to see this dude, Jephthah, who makes a very foolish vow and basically says, whatever walks through my door, I will sacrifice to the Lord. And it's his daughter. And so he intends to sacrifice his daughter to the Lord, uh, which the Lord does not like. So that just helps to show the mess that is Judges. But all that goes to, to say, like, vows are very serious. They should be taken very seriously. Um, it's better not to make them uh, than to make a vow for show, I guess, and not fill it. So reading over chapter 30, Jenny, obviously there's, um, obviously women are treated differently here than men. Uh, I think you actually mentioned that there's like two verses about men yes. and several about women. Of the 16, there are two about the men and the rest are all about the women. So what are you, what are you thinking about all that? How's it, I don't know, like, it feels weird to have the guy comment on all the stuff about yeah, women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, basically, from my perspective, the idea was that while the woman is still under her father's household, which just makes sense to me, like, if you had a dad or or have a dad or perhaps even should have had a dad, like, the expectation is that when living under his house, I'm sure you've probably all heard those things. If you live under my house, it's my rules. Like, it's the same idea almost when you're living underneath your father's house. It's that responsibility would fall on him. And hopefully he would want to guide you um, in wisdom when to make these vows and when not to. And I think it just kind of follows through that when the woman gets married that would also fall on her husband. And I, honestly, as a wife, as a daughter... That, to me, just seems, like, almost freeing in a way. Like, it seems really restrictive, but to me, it's just kind of like, okay, I have someone to, like, have my back so that I don't make some stupid mistake. Not that, not that I would be susceptible to that, but I know that my emotions can get really in the way of things sometimes, and I am thankful that I have a male influence in my life that can help discern that in a way. And ultimately, as the, like, head of our homes, I am th I'm actually genuinely thankful for it. Um, so in church thought, in church world, in Christian world, um, there's, there's, like, plenty of debate, I think, around gender roles. And specifically, I think, um, what women can do, what women can't do, how women fit within a marriage, how men fit within a marriage. Um, it's really interesting to me how this chapter falls. And I think this is just extra credit, but I think as we strive to answer those questions, like if you are researching the Bible and you're trying to figure out like, okay, how do women fit into this? How do men fit into this? It's really important to let scripture guide your thoughts, like allow God's established word to lead you to what he wants you to be led to. And not like your opinions or your experiences. Um, we want to come to God's word first and then add our experiences second. Something that's really interesting in this passage is that literally, what, in chapter 27? 27. So in chapter 27, just three chapters ago, two chapters ago, whatever, um, we read about the daughters of Zelophad, and God was treating women in like a very odd way that kind of elevated them and cared for them in a unique fashion. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, because those women that are talked about in 27 they are, they're like definitely disadvantaged to not have that person looking out for them and taking care of them. So God's just like, nope, I'll take care of you. Yeah. And you will get what the inheritance is. So Moses actually went 
before the Lord and they changed the law of the land, basically, mm-hmm. to care for the daughters of Zelophad. So people that are excited to be like egalitarian, that's a fancy word for women are equal with men. They can do what they want. And these these passages aren't specifically about what women can do in roles in the church. They're yeah. not really about yeah. that, but they can give us some context. Um you could be really excited about that from an egalitarian standpoint. Like, wow, that's cool. God elevated women in Numbers 27. You could also get really excited in Numbers twenty or Numbers 30 uh, from a complementarian point of view. Like, wow, there are very clear roles for men and very clear roles for women. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to hold those two things together. Like, God in Numbers 27 elevated women. God in Numbers 30 um, actually elevated men in a way they said like hey you're under your father then you're under your husband um so we want to understand scripture in the context of scripture we want scripture to interpret scripture don't come with your own thoughts your own opinions your own desires and create a theology out of that uh come to god's word first and so one of the things i think that's really interesting here is that you have an egalitarian ish passage next to a complementarian ish passage uh very close together in numbers. And so that should actually help color our picture of God. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot here. I think, I think one of the things I just said is a pretty cool takeaway, like make sure scripture interprets scripture. We've said that before. Um, don't read numbers 30 and be like, God hates women. That would be not great. Don't build a theology on these individual Mm -hmm. passages without thinking about the other passages. Um, I think another thing, I mean, obviously there was a lot of law in here about, uh, feasts and festivals, which we've heard many times already, Probably a really good takeaway for today specifically is when it comes to vows, we don't necessarily live in a culture where we make vows in this way as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say if you intend to do something for God, and even if you go so far as to say, like, God, I will do this for you if you do this for me, you really need to stick to it. You you really should follow through. We're not under this same kind of rule and law, but I think one of the things that's obvious is that God appreciates people who keep their word. Mm -hmm. And it does seem like in our immediate culture and context, like your word just really doesn't matter anymore. Um, We kind of see it everywhere where it's like, Oh, that's not really what I said, or that's not really what I meant. And there's a lot of manipulation, a lot of lying. Um, God wants us to stick to our word. He wants our yes to be yes and our no to be no. And I think we can take that away from today. So just a simple thing today, like keep your word, do what you said, be honorable by what you promise other people. Uh, I encourage you to do that today. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's plan, your part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the people of Israel and say to them, My offering, my food for my food offerings, my pleasing aroma, you shall be careful to offer me at its appointed time. And you shall say to them, This is the food offering that you shall offer to the Lord, two male lambs a year old without blemish, day by day, as a regular offering. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. Also a tenth of an ephah of fine flour for a grain offering mixed with a quarter of a hin of beaten oil. It is a regular burnt offering which was ordained at Mount Sinai for a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. Its drink offering shall be a quarter of a hin of each lamb. In the holy place you shall pour out a drink offering of strong drink to the Lord. The other lamb you shall offer at twilight. 
Like the grain offering of the morning, and like its drink offering, you shall offer it as a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. On the Sabbath day, two male lambs, a year old without blemish, and two tenths of an ephah, a fine flour for a grain offering, mixed with oil and its drink offering. This is the burnt offering of every Sabbath, besides the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. At the beginnings of your months, you shall offer a burnt offering to the Lord. Two bulls from the herd, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old without blemish. Also three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour for a grain offering mixed with oil for each bull, and two-tenths of fine flour for a grain offering mixed with oil for one ram. And the tenth of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for every lamb for a burnt offering with a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. Their drink offerings shall be a half a hin of wine for a bull, a third of a hin for a ram, and a quarter of a hin for a lamb. This is the burnt offering of each month throughout the months of the year. Also one male goat for a sin offering to the Lord. It shall be offered beside the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. On the fourteenth day of the first month is the Lord's Passover, and on the fifteenth day of this month is the feast. Seven days shall unleavened bread be eaten. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, but offer a food offering, a burnt offering to the Lord, two bulls from the herd, one ram, and seven male lambs a year old. See that they are without blemish. Also their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah shall you offer for a bull, and two-tenths for a ram. A tenth you shall offer for each of the seven lambs, also one male goat for a sin offering to make atonement for you. You shall offer these besides the burnt offerings of the morning, which is for a regular burnt offering. In the same way you shall offer daily, for seven days, the food of a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It shall be offered besides the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. And on the seventh day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. On the day of the first fruits, when you offer a grain offering of new grain to the Lord at your feast of weeks, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, but offer a burnt offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Two bulls from the herd, one ram, seven male lambs a year old, and their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for each bull, two-tenths for one ram. A tenth of each of the seven lambs, with one male goat, to make atonement for you. Besides the regular burnt offering and its grain offering, you shall offer them and their drink offering. See that they are without blemish. On the first day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. It is the day for you to blow the trumpets, and you shall offer a burnt offering for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. One bull from the herd, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old without blemish, also their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the ram, and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs, with one male goat for a sin offering to make atonement for you. Besides the burnt offering of the new moon, and its grain offering, and the regular burnt offering, and its grain offering, and their drink offering according to the rule for them, for a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. On the tenth day of this seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation, and afflict yourselves. You shall do no work, but you shall offer a burnt offering to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, one bull from the herd, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old. See that they are without blemish." And their grain offering shall be of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the one ram, a tenth for each of the lambs, also one male goat for a sin offering. 
besides the sin offering of atonement and the regular burnt offering and its grain offering and their drink offerings. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, and you shall keep a feast to the Lord seven days, and you shall offer a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord, thirteen bulls from the herd, two rams, fourteen male lambs a year old, they shall be without blemish, and their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for each of the thirteen bulls, two-tenths for each of the two rams, and a tenth for the fourteen lambs. Also one male goat for a sin offering, besides the regular burnt offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. On the second day, twelve bulls from the herd, two rams, fourteen male lambs a year old without blemish, and the grain offering and the drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs in the prescribed quantities. Also one male goat for a sin offering, besides the regular burnt offerings and its grain offering and their drink offerings. On the third day, eleven bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, a year old without blemish, with a grain offering and the drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs in the prescribed quantities. Also one male goat for a sin offering, besides the regular burnt offering and its grain offerings and its drink offering. On the fourth day, ten bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, a year old without blemish, with the grain offering and the drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs in the prescribed quantities. Also one male goat for a sin offering besides the regular burnt offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. On the fifth day, nine bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, a year old without blemish, with the grain offering and the drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs in the prescribed quantities. Also one male goat for a sin offering besides the regular burnt offering, and its grain offering, and its drink offering. On the sixth day, eight bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, a year old without blemish, with the grain offering and with the drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, and the prescribed quantities. Also one male goat for a sin offering besides the regular burnt offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. On the seventh day, seven bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, a year old without blemish, with the grain offering and the drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, and the prescribed quantities. Also, one male goat for a sin offering, besides the regular burnt offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. On the eighth day, you shall have a solemn assembly. You shall not do any ordinary work, but you shall offer a burnt offering, a food offering, with the pleasing aroma to the Lord. One bull, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old without blemish, and a grain offering, and the drink offerings for the bull, for the ram, and for the lambs, in the prescribed quantities. Also, one male goat for a sin offering, besides the regular burnt offering and its grain offering and its drink offering. These you shall offer to the Lord at your appointed feasts, in addition to your vow offerings and your free will offerings, for your burnt offerings and your for your grain offerings and for your drink offerings and for your peace offerings. So Moses told the people of Israel everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes of the people of Israel, saying, This is what the Lord has commanded. If a man vows a vow to the Lord, or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. If a woman vows a vow to the Lord, and binds herself by a pledge, while within her father's house in her youth, and her father hears of her vow and of her pledge, by which she has bound herself and says nothing to her, then all her vows shall stand, and every pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand. 
but if her father opposes her on the day that he hears it, no vow of hers, no pledge by which she has been bound herself shall stand, and the Lord will forgive her, because her father opposed her. If she marries a husband while under her vows, or any thoughtless utterance of her lips by which she has bound herself, and her husband hears of it and says nothing to her on that day that he hears, then her vow shall stand, and her pledges by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if on the day that her husband comes to hear of it, he opposes her, then he makes void her vow that was on her and the thoughtless utterance of her lips by which she bound herself. And the Lord will forgive her. But any vow of a widow or of a divorced woman, anything by which she has bound herself shall stand against her. And if she vowed in her husband's house or bound herself by a pledge of an oath, and her husband heard of it and said nothing to her and did not oppose her, then all her vows shall stand, and every pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if her husband makes them null and void on the day that he hears them, then whatever proceeds out of her lips concerning her vows or concerning her pledge of herself shall not stand. Her husband has made them void, and the Lord will forgive her. Any vow and any binding oath to afflict herself her husband may establish or her husband may make void. But if her husband says nothing to her from day to day, then he establishes all her vows and all her pledges that are upon her. He has established them, because he said nothing to her on the day that he heard of them. But if he makes them null and void after he has heard of them, then he shall bear her iniquity. These are the statutes that the Lord commanded Moses about a man and his wife, and about a father and his daughter, while she is in her youth within her father's house. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.